This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Let's take a second to thank today's sponsor, Anchor. Anchor is by far the absolute easiest way to make a podcast. And when I say easy, I mean easy. First of all, it's completely free and there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit right from your phone or your computer. Best of all, with Anchor, you can add any songs from Spotify directly to your episodes. So the possibilities are endless on what you can create. Whether you want to create a music analysis, your own radio show, a deep dive on your favorite genre or artist, or something that the world's never heard before. Anchor will even help publish your show to Spotify so you can reach hundreds of millions of listeners. Oh, did I mention there's no copyright on the songs? Yeah, it's that easy. You guys want to start a podcast that includes music, or you guys just want to start a podcast in general, get started by downloading the free Anchor app or going to anchor.fm. And if you need some inspiration, you can head over to blog.anchor.fm slash music from some more idea starters. Thank you so much, and let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Real Real Podcast. This episode is unlike any other episode because not only is it delayed, I am so sorry about that, I could not handle the pressure of this episode to be on time, and yes, I'm using excuses. I'm I'm just really sorry it's delayed, but it is the 100th episode of my podcast, which that just sounds wild. I cannot believe that I have already recorded 100 episodes of this podcast. Since this is such a special episode, I did want to thank you guys. I wanted to thank you for always listening and tuning in every single week. Thank you for following the Instagram account and interacting on that. Thank you for all the shares on your story, which truly mean more to me than anything else. And then, of course, thank you for all the kind reviews. I could not record this episode without doing a reviewer of the week. And so if you're a reviewer of the week this week... Um, I guess it's a little more special than the other one since it's the 100th episode. I'm not really sure, but this one comes from Ash and he or she said, I'm looking to work in the field of communications and listening to these episodes has helped me so much in so many different ways. I love the way Natalie interviews her guests and explains how it can help no matter what connection you may have to the guest product or company she's featuring every week. I interview so many people on this podcast and so many different types of people. I've interviewed about 95 people on the show. 95, that is insane. Like, that's such a big number. That's so many people that even, like, I can't believe I even know that many people, you know? Like, (laughs) what? It's just, it's wild. And all of them come from different walks of life and different backgrounds. And I learn so much from every single guest that I've ever had on. Recently, I was actually debating niching down. So I was debating niching down to only entrepreneurs or a specific type of person. I was just thinking maybe my podcast would grow more if I had a specific category. You know, like some people only interview female founders. Some people only interview entrepreneurs of really large corporations. Some people only interview social media influencers. And I was thinking, hmm, if I want my podcast to grow, maybe maybe I should niche down, you know? That's what everyone else seems to be doing. I feel like it's, um, you know, helpful for the growth of the podcast. So I was like, okay, um, maybe, maybe that would work. 
But then I thought, and I was just like, I love the diverse guests that I have on. I love hearing people's stories, and it means so much to me that you guys love them too. So now that we have all of these sappy stuff out of the way, um, I wanted to post some lessons that I have learned in these 100 episodes and um, everything that you guys have also shared with me, some of your favorites as well. So we're going to do a little walk down memory lane, so I hope that you guys are okay with that. But I'm really excited to be sharing this and also to be kind of looking back at the podcast and seeing how far it's come and like all of the you know snippets that I might have forgotten about or maybe you haven't listened to every episode and this will inspire you to go back and listen to the other ones but we're gonna take a walk down memory memory lane Mm, I cannot talk we're gonna take a walk down memory lane let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production especially when you are battling frizz and take it from me I live in Miami Florida it is about to be summer I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Heirs tour for like the third time, you know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? Introducing Way's new anti-frizz cream. It is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? It is the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon violet and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 450 degrees, reduces and repairs split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration. And according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So you can frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code RealReal. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today as it should with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for payday. With Earnin, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet, Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard earned cash when I need it most. 
Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type Real Real under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. Real Real under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. When I first started the podcast, I had no idea who to interview or the type of people to have on. I just wanted to share people's stories. I was always so inspired by my friends and their lives, and I just thought just because they don't have a social media presence or they didn't start a business doesn't mean that they can't inspire other people. All of the podcasts that I had listened to at that point were all very successful entrepreneurs. They were people that had millions of followers. And so it kind of made me think like, are these the only people that people want to hear from? Like only if you have a ton of followers, only if you started something successful, like is that the only type of person people want to hear about or hear from? And I was just thinking that I get so inspired by my close friends. I get so inspired by their stories. And whenever we would chat and catch up, I was like, wow, this is just crazy. Like, you know, things that I might not have known about and we would share them. And they they were very personal and very interesting that I felt like people, if we had a microphone right now talking about this, this would be so helpful to so many people. And I just didn't find that there were a lot of podcasts like that two years ago. I was like, I feel like it's only really famous people that go on podcasts. And I thought maybe that's all people want to listen to, but I I think my friends have really cool stories, so I decided to have my first guest be close friends and family of mine. So my first guest, my very first guest besides the solo episode with me, was my best friend Allie. We chatted about her move from North Carolina all the way across the country to LA. She helped out so many people with the fear of moving somewhere new and starting over, which to this day, might I add, is so relevant for a lot of people. I mean, who knew that almost two years later, so many of us would be doing the exact same thing, moving across the country, starting over, and just being in a completely new environment, and I always find it so crazy at how relevant that podcast episode is today. You just gotta bite the bullet and just do it. Okay, great advice. (laughs) Bite the bullet and... Just you do should. it. It's so scary though. Like when I got my car to drive over, I was all right, gas pedal, like get over there. <laughs> it I took know. us like three and a half days and we got stranded at one point in a snowstorm <laughs> in New Mexico. But yeah, if you guys ever move across like coast to coast, like definitely drive. It is yeah. such an amazing experience to see like the world in a different way. So what tips do you have for people that are moving across the country, making a big move? You can get into numbers if you want yeah. to, especially for LA, because LA is very expensive. It's similar to New York. Those are like the top two cities people want to move, and they're mm-hmm. also the most expensive ones. So I think you should make a budget. Oh, first one hundred percent. Like you definitely just bring up Excel, like on your Google Drive, and start like punching in numbers. You know, I actually just met with this girl that lives in Ohio. Um, we met when we used to work at Fabrique, but she wants to move here, and so she came out with her mom last week and. She started spitting out numbers, because I think she was wanting to know my numbers, and so, you know, I was really honest with her. I was like, you know, this is what I pay in rent, this is what I pay for car insurance, 
and all of that. So, you know, I gave her all my numbers and she was like, yeah, that's what we budgeted in our Excel spreadsheet. We budgeted like, you know, $100 for car insurance, very similar to my numbers. So it's, it's easy. Like Google gives you pretty much mm -hmm. average numbers for places to live. Or another time when I had my friend Katie on to share her experience with being a teacher. Teaching is not the most glamorous job, but that episode is still an episode that I get DMs about because of how moving it was and how relatable it was to so many of you. She also still gets DMs from that episode, so I love when you guys DM my guests and start interacting with them too. I mean, you didn't have to want to go into teaching to be moved by Katie's journey. Katie also did this very randomly. This was a very oh, random decision. A very random decision. I need to backtrack here, like <laughs> within two, within two months. Within two months, and I don't even think at this point did you know you wanted to be a teacher. At oh this no, point? I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. I just kind of feel like I need to like leave the states. Yeah. So this was a very random decision. <laughs> I just remember her calling me one time, like middle of the night, kind of having like a quarter life crisis. Oh yeah. Calling me to her house, and she was like, I just need to like get out and like go and do something mm -hmm. and not yeah. here like she wanted to see a different part of the world and yes. different culture and you definitely got that and so. I think like if you feel like that's something you need to do before you start a career then you should definitely do it because for me if I hadn't done that like my whole entire career path would be different oh yeah and it's crazy to think that with that one decision that I thought was going to be so small ended up being the biggest decision I ever made and to do it, it required, like, a breakup from a relationship. It required me to, like, completely separate myself from my friends and family. But, like, I knew I needed to find myself. And not to be cliche, but, like... Yeah. I needed to find myself. And I needed to, like, pursue something that mattered more than just, like, my life. And um, I felt like that's what I was called to do. So I did it. And that was probably the hardest decision was just making the decision to go yeah. because it didn't really make sense. Like most people after they graduate college, they have a job and they make money. And like, I was literally like, okay, I'm going to live with my parents until I leave. And then I'm going to leave. And I don't know what I'm coming back to. Looking back, I can say that that was the defining moment of my entire life because it shaped my career and it shaped my perspective on, on life in the States and like perspective on a lot of things with privilege and, um, just, being a teacher, uh, the things I learned there, I can't, I can't imagine my career without having experienced it. And I think like I was on a track where like I was in a relationship. I thought I was going to major in this. Like I, I could, I could quote unquote see like the next three years of my life. Yeah. And it wasn't until literally the day I graduated college that I realized this is not what I want at all. And this is not what I'm supposed to be. And this is not even the relationship I'm supposed to be in. And it's okay to feel like everything's kind of falling apart before it falls together because, like, you have to be true to yourself at the end of the day. And if something doesn't fit or doesn't feel right or doesn't make sense, like, lean into that feeling instead of falling apart and, like, feeling like a failure because of it because mm -hmm. it's so worth it to kind of explore and experiment with being this new stage out of college. I think people are so set in their careers from like such a young stage in college and then they don't experiment or they don't explore and then so many people end up changing their careers multiple mm -hmm. times in their life because you know we change as people and so who you are at 18 is probably not who you're going to be at 22 23 which is definitely not who you're going to be at 30 exactly and so like just like if you don't feel like you have it all together it doesn't mean that it's not going to fit together at some point 
I had my friend Maddie, a New York City-based photographer who shared her story about landing a job when she moved to the city by DMing her favorite companies. Yeah, DM. No formal application, but just a sliding into your DMs type of move. And I sometimes wonder how many people listened to that episode and became inspired to go after their dream. And not to mention, that episode was recorded twice because of technical difficulties. So just so you know, podcasting is not always easy. <laughs> but I do it for you guys. <laughs> That's not, I, I hate to say this, but... That is not the first episode that I had to redo because of technical difficulties. That's always the worst. You get it all out. You know, you share everything. You're like, oh my God, this episode was amazing. And then poof, goes away. I think on this one, my computer died right when we were saying, and where can they find you? And then my computer died and everything got erased. So um, also a lesson I've learned, charge your computer when you are recording podcasts. So yeah, just... um. A reminder for everyone listening. <laughs> so, I mean, I remember like the days leading up to it. I was like, oh my God, I'm actually moving here with no job. I only have like probably enough money to last me a month. Like <laughs> what am I doing right now? Um, but I was just like very determined. And I knew that like once I moved here, I would make it work and I would get a job. Um, but I actually started like applying to jobs and I wasn't really hearing anything back like through like Indeed or LinkedIn mm-hmm. or one of those things. Just because, you know, it's just so saturated out here. There's so many people applying oh to these gosh. jobs. I can't even imagine how many applicants they get a day. Oh, it's insane. Especially because I was applying to, like, big places like Condé Nast. And, yeah. like, you know, I was, like, reaching for the stars and, like, <laughs> going for all my, like, dream companies that I wanted to work for. Um, but then I actually started – I had this idea. I was like, okay, I'm going to go DM the companies that I want to work for. So I was reaching out to, like, fashion and beauty PR agencies, mm-hmm. essentially um, telling them, like, hey, this is – who I am, this is what I do, I can do this, this, and this for you. Um, Like, do you have anything? Like, can I pass along my resume? Like, are you guys hiring? Um, And I heard back way more from that than I did applying online. How many do you think you, like, DM'd? Oh my god, I probably DM'd so many. Like, any single, like, big fashion PR or beauty PR agency, like, I DM'd. Did you follow all of them? Yeah, I followed all of them. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I had to follow them. Um, and then I did the same for like influencers here and bloggers. I went and DM them being like, are you looking to hire an assistant? Like I can, you know, shoot all your photos. I can do video editing and filming. Like, you know, I'd love to pass along my resume. Um, and so I heard back from like a couple people from like, or like I heard back from more, but you know, like actually got interviews then with two of them. Um, one being a fashion PR agency and then one being an influencer, um, had those interviews like the day I moved here, like the second day I moved here. And I got very lucky and got both of them. That's um, awesome. But it was definitely nerve-wracking moving here at first with no job. But it was just a deter- – you have to be determined. You're like, yeah. if you're going to move here, like, that's what kind of pushed me to, like, apply to all these jobs and, like, send out all these resumes, you know? Like, I'm like, I'm going to make it work. It's just scary. I had an interview with my parents about their journey to America. And growing up with immigrant parents is an upbringing that a lot of you could relate to. And so – I know that you guys understand when I say this, but I just felt such a privilege to be born in this country and getting to hear stories about what it's like to grow up in a communist country rather than experiencing it firsthand. I think that's something a lot of us, you know, take for granted is being born here and already being here from literally day one versus our parents who, if you're listening and have immigrant parents, you know how hard it was of a journey to get from you know another country to here and of course everyone's stories are different it's easier for some people than not 
but that story and that you know those those stories that I grew up with hearing from my parents have always stuck with me and I wanted to share them for you guys because I didn't I didn't want to keep them in I didn't want to keep them to myself I thought that they would be helpful for anyone out there listening and also relatable for anyone else out there that also grew up with immigrant parents so moving to the US is a culture shock yes it is uh, moving from a communist country socialist country Romania um, looking forward to a free country a country that offers opportunities um, although all those things have been true it has been a culture shock um, coming from from uh, Romania it has been a culture shock where you couldn't speak anything you couldn't say anything out of line and coming to America where you could speak your mind freely you can pursue your dreams um, and all of the all of the above of course has been a culture shock and what was the hardest thing to get used to coming to the US I really don't think there was anything hard to get used to I mean I just just taking advantage of the opportunities and yeah. and and you've got so many opportunities at that time you know 35 years well, ago I guess it's different because you had such a bad experience in your country but mom like you didn't hate Honduras you know so it's totally different experiences I you know for me it was what's what's the hardest thing yeah being separated from family mm-hmm. since I came here and I it was just me and still it's just me my parents are there my siblings are there it's not hard for me now because I don't want to dwell on that I don't want to suffer because of that you know I don't want to be thinking I know some people have a hard time because for 20 years they're still thinking and crying because they don't have their siblings next yeah. to them so um, it's hard not to like this country. Maybe if it was some someplace else, but when you're coming to something better, yeah, and where there's you know better things, uh, more comfortable, um, everything is more accessible. You more can you can succeed because there's opportunities. It's you know it's hard. And what would you say to someone who wants to come to the United States from a different country? The the opportunities and the you know your horizon is is as you know you can go as far as you want it to go. Mm-hmm. So it's still the land of opportunity, and you have to work hard. And don't put, <laughs> don't place yourself in pockets like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a minority. We never thought as minorities. Don't put yourself in a in a box like yeah. you are a minority. You are a Latin. You are a woman, or you're different. I never see myself as different. Yeah, I just see myself as one more. Yeah, I mean that's also a lot of people. Growing up, my parents always kind of wanted me to go into engineering, so that definitely influenced my decision to go into engineering, but I also never thought that it was strange that I was going into engineering until other people started telling me, oh, wow, like you're a girl and you're going into engineering? That's that's so rare. That's so different, like blah, blah, blah. I never growing up thought that that was a strange thing because my mom was an engineer, my dad was. They never told me, oh, well, you're a girl, so, you know, this might be, like, it is a little different. This might be hard for you because you're a female in engineering. I just did it because I wanted to. So that that is something I've talked about in videos, and it does annoy me when people think it's so strange that just because I'm a girl, I shouldn't be in engineering. I never thought that way, like, oh, I'm going to face more struggles because because I'm a female in that major. Until other people started telling me that it was unique or different or whatever i never thought of it as that. and the same goes for you having a business yeah we never we never raise you guys thinking you know oh you are this so it's going to be different for yeah. you yeah it's just like you want it you can you know you can you can do it yeah i had my good friend rabia on my podcast from the other side of the world because she's currently in the netherlands and she shared her story of what it was like to be homeless and 
these are the stories that you wouldn't hear if I just niche down to just business or just entrepreneurship. What life choices would you say has shaped the way that you are today? Because I feel like you're one of those people that has had such huge life changes. Like you've moved so much and you've changed your career path. You've spent an extra year of school. Like you're, the choices you've made are huge. But what would you say is the one you think that's impacted you the most? I don't, I don't have one specific one because they, they, I've had a a lot, you've, you, Natalie, you know, I've been through a lot of French shit. Yeah. Um, so it's, but it's all kind of, it's a domino effect. Everything was just a domino effect. My first life experience or not experience, but tragedy was when my sister passed away, um, when we first moved here. And I think that's also kind of why I, I really don't like Charlotte was because we hadn't even been here for a year and I lose my, my oldest sister, you know? So I kind of always mm-hmm. put those two in, together and then everyone grieves differently. So um, my dad grieved in a way that I don't even, I can't even form words, but just to clarify, my dad and I are good now, but we went through a lot with him. Like, I don't know if I can call it, um, what's it called? domestic um, abuse because it's domestic uh, violence is a very huge and broad um, division I guess yeah term so it was ours was mainly verbal and um, it was verbal uh, domestic violence and there was a time where we kind of felt a hostage in our own home so I really don't know if I, I'm saying this and I don't, I don't know if I'm sharing too much, but Hey, I can't hide anything and it'll come out eventually. So no, share whatever you feel comfortable sharing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was a big thing, but you know, over time we were able to clear the air. That was, that was the hardest because that was my transition from high school to college. And yeah, that transition, I was literally trying to support my mom and my brother. Cause I was the only one working. My mom hadn't worked since she had kids. Like my dad was sustaining all of us, you know, but I mm-hmm. was working. So any dollar I had, I would try to, you know, put food on the table. There's you, your family literally helped us at a certain point, And I never forget that. So, um, a lot of people came in and helped us through the hard times. Biggest, one of the other big ones was I was, I think it was my junior year of college. I became homeless. Like I, I got kicked out of the house and literally lived on my best friend's couch for like three, four months or a semester about, I literally was like, Hey, can I borrow some of your pasta? Like I'm working and I'll give you some pasta later. Like it was, it was really, really tough. It was, it took a huge mental toll on me from everything. Cause like I said, everything was a domino effect. My sister passed away, wasn't really able to grieve. Then my, like the verbal abuse at home and the being hostage in your own home then becoming homeless and having to, with it, with me studying chemistry, like it wasn't like I had an easy major. So I had to still stay on top of my grades and go through life at the same time, juggling four jobs as a freshman. It was a lot, but literally, I mean, I, but I'm, I'm, I'm good now. Like I've, I've made it. And I, I, I am the person I am now because I don't ever want to get to the place where I was um, before. I had Michaela Davert on, who is an influencer who was also born with osteogenesis imperfecta. This is something I had never heard of had I not had her on my podcast. 
That episode to this day is one of the most powerful ones for me, and I will never forget getting the chance to interview Michaela. I talk about my disability, um, which is osteogenesis imperfecta. There are many different types of this disability. I have the second most severe type, which is type 3, and it is a connective tissue disorder that causes my body not to produce effective collagen. Collagen is the most abundant protein in the human body. I produce enough of it, but what I have in my body isn't very good, so it causes many different health effects. Um, I'm only two feet seven inches tall. I've had over 100 fractures throughout my lifetime and um, about 25 surgeries. So there's definitely a lot health-wise that I deal with on a daily basis. Um, but again, it's something that I was born with, so I don't know any different. And one thing that I always like to say when I talk about my disability and what it is, because I know when people hear this introduction of what it is, they experience this grief for me. And it is the biggest blessing that I have ever been given. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. I wouldn't take it away if I could. And the experiences that I've had in the people that I've gotten the chance to meet because of my disability is something that I would never take for granted and never take away. As my channel grew of how people view disability because people would still leave nice comments, but they would say like, you're so amazing. I'm so sorry. You have to deal with all of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's still a nice comment that they're saying I'm amazing, but they don't understand how I view my life and they don't understand it. So that's when I started to dive into also the more serious topics of how society views my life and kind of share my perspective in hopes that maybe they think twice about how they view someone's circumstances. One of my videos that I did is I did like a 45 minute video talking about my disability and how it affects me as a child and how it continues to affect me now. And there was still like a bunch of comments on like, wow, you have such an amazing outlook. I just, I just wish things were better for you. And here I made this whole video about how, you know, I, I love the life that I live and you're still not getting it. And, but that also teaches me that we view, society views disability as a tragedy still. And I think as society, we have this picture perfect idea that if you don't have these ideal circumstances, if you don't have the most perfectly healthy body, if you don't have the same physical abilities as somebody else, your life is less. Mm -hmm. Your life is sad because these are the things that society says I should have. Society says I should be able to walk. Society says I should be able to be five feet tall. Society says I should have this, this, and this, and I shouldn't have to have all of these health effects because that's just sad. And I sh one person shouldn't have to go through all these things. And when they say those things to me, I think they forget that they too go through the same, not the same things, but different things. And if they don't, they will someday because yeah. that's life. 
And aside from those amazing guests that I highly, highly recommend you listen to those episodes if you haven't already, I've also had a lot of my social media friends like Kenzie Elizabeth, Kelly Stamps, Michelle Reed, Five Foot One Teacher, Maggie McDonald, Brooke Michio, Jessica Stockstill, and a few others. I've also had people that I was literally fangirling over, like Mariana Hewitt, which was a very recent episode, and if you guys watch the vlogs, you know how nervous I was for that interview, so I hope that you couldn't tell in the actual interview. I was so nervous. Like, oh my, I, I, when she responded to the email, I was like, no, no. I was just so starstruck and then we did the recording and she was sweeter than I could have ever imagined so it was just so such cool surreal moments like that too and I love interviewing other business leaders and entrepreneurs like the co-founder of Kopari Beauty that one was another one I was fangirling over I couldn't believe I had the opportunity to interview the co-founder of a company that I have literally been using for years it just felt like a pinch me surreal moment or for example the ceo of remote hq who i recently had on he is so successful and to just be able to take an hour of his day and chat with him about you know his journey and any lessons he's learned along the way it's it's incredible it's like i can't believe this is real Sometimes I feel really selfish getting to interview them because I'm like spending this hour absorbing everything that they're saying and I'm learning so much and I'm like, I just feel like I'm, it's like something like, oh my God, I'm sorry I took this hour out of your day, but it has been so rewarding for me. I don't know if that feeling makes sense at all. I know it's not selfish, but sometimes I feel that way because I'm like, this has been like the best hour of my life. Um, And I mean, I learned more in an hour than I did in a few of my college courses. And I wish I was kidding, but I'm not. So take that with like, I I really, really appreciate my guests. I should just say that. (laughs) But I have absolutely loved creating this podcast. I love sharing my platform and giving it to others. This podcast has been through a lot with me. While I don't really share my personal life as much on here, so let me know if you'd like me to share more, maybe in the intros, maybe in the outros, let me know. Um, But during this podcast's inception, I've quit a job because I actually started this podcast while I was still working at Accenture. Um, I have started an agency. I have moved to New York City. I had moved back home from New York City. And I feel like this is only the beginning. I can't wait to see the rest of the chapters of my life unfold and kind of have this podcast along the way still learning. And I feel like if you guys can't tell, it's kind of been a reflection of my life in the sense of the who I choose to interview. Lately, I've been doing a lot more entrepreneurs. I've been wanting to interview people who have raised venture capital money. I've wanted to interview more people who, you know, had like a co-founders that they've worked with. And it's reflective because it's something I'm currently working on. I'm currently working on you know, creating this startup that I have not talked about on the podcast, but I will do an episode with my team on here. Um, But you know, I've I've had these people and that's kind of where I say I feel selfish because I'm like, oh my gosh, I need advice on this. Let me have someone on the podcast so I can learn as well. But it's really crazy. Like in the beginning, before I moved to New York, I loved having New York City YouTubers and social media influencers on here to hear about, you know, what it's like to live in the big city. And then it's just it's it's crazy at how how reflective it is and I don't know it's even if I don't share my personal life on here I can see the stage I was going through just by reading the titles of my episodes which I think is pretty cool I will say that 
So thank you, thank you, thank you for being here with me on this podcast. Thank you for listening, regardless if this is your first episode or your 100th episode. I encourage you to binge any episodes that you might find useful, and I might be biased, but like the reviewer said, you can get something out of every episode, and I truly, truly believe that. That is why I created this podcast, not for people who are interested in one certain subject, because then I would have niched down, but I wanted to kind of show that you can get a lesson from anyone, whether or not you're interested in the subject at all, you can still get a lesson, you can still learn something new, and you can still relate to every single episode on here, I promise you that. So let me know by DMing me which episode was your favorite and who you want to see on the podcast next. I have some incredible guests coming on that I feel like I need to pinch myself for. Um, So stay tuned. Be sure to subscribe for that. And before we go, if you could please take a screenshot and share that you're listening to the episode, that helps a ton. It helps people discover the podcast and I love seeing all of the shares on your stories. So be sure to do that. So Cheers to episode 100 and cheers to the next 100 more. See you guys next week. I promise on a Monday I won't be late this time. Hey, my name is Lovan Rumpf, and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. At the Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here, and vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then. <laughs>